TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, Erica's fastest growing TV brand. I always enjoy bringing you the latest. This is The Scoop. It's The Scoop with Darren Dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. And away we go. It is Scoop Podcast episode 200 this Friday, the 28th of June. Busy week, busy weekend. NHL free agency, NBA free agency. That will be the focus here of this particular Scoop Podcast. Gerson Rosas of the Wolves will be in L.A. once again this weekend. He was there on Monday for the NBA award show. He will be there this weekend for free agency. You can accomplish more in terms of free agency in L.A. than you can here in the Twin Cities. What to me remains fascinating is the Wolves right now are an over-the-cap team. They don't even have cap space, yet Gerson Rosas is going big game hunting in free agency. Let's begin with ESPN's Brian Windhorst. He's always got great information. We catch up with Brian now. He's always kind enough to give us time here on the Scoop Podcast. Going on now strong three and a half years. We love having Windy on. Here is Brian. Brian, I know how busy you are, so thank you for your time. I know you and Zach Lowe on Zach's podcast earlier this week went through a list of, I think it was top five, right? Top five most intriguing free agency teams. I'm not suggesting the local team, the Wolves, fit into that pecking order. I'm not even quite sure they're six, seven, eight. I mean, right now, they don't even have salary cap space. But on your scale of intrigue, where do the Timberwolves rank? I thought it was an intriguing draft night set of moves um, to move up what I thought was for a point guard and then to take Culver. I mean, I'm not... um, I'm not good enough to be able to. I'm not good enough at knowing the draft to be able to be able to say whether that was a good decision or not. Um, you know, I don't really see them as a team that. You know, as far as my analysis goes, um, they could either have the 9.2 mid-level exception, which is not nothing. There's 200 free agents, and not all of them are going to be going to be spent, uh, going to get cap space deals. Mm-hmm. $9 million is a pretty good baseline deal for a contributing player. But depending on how things go, they could maybe have to only spend the $5.7 million because then they would hard cap themselves. If, um, if, they, uh, if they spent the mid-level exception, they would only be able to go so far over the cap if they wanted to make a trade. And since they may want to make some moves with their roster, it wouldn't surprise me if they would only spend that 5.7 mid-level because otherwise they would limit what they could do. So I didn't see them as a team. I do know that they've had some conversations about offloading some salary um, with some teams. Like, I know that they have touched base with the Cavs about J.R. Smith, um, but I don't hear that there's anything really super going there, and I don't know who that would be for. I don't know who they'd be offloading. I mean, I do know that they obviously had talked about trying to get the number four pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and you know, I, I heard that they were offering Covington in that deal. I heard that too. And yeah. that the, and that, uh, um, that they wanted Sarich instead. Assuming that Covington is healthy. I mean, I, I know that I think they were just being cautious with them. Right. Uh, Nick Cummings is one of the most valuable role players in the league. I agree. I would, I would, I would want Covington. I'm with quite you. Frankly, that's a great contract um, too. I mean, Sarge is is a lot less money for now, but you're going to have to pay him after next year. He's he's extension eligible this this uh, summer and fall. So, um, 
I, I mean, like I said, I have heard a little bit of them sniffing around, uh, dumping some money, but I just don't know who that would be for. I mean, is so, it for? Um, I mean, Brian, is it for D'Angelo Russell? Is it for Tobias Harris? I mean, the buzz here is Gerson Rosas, and you know him. I mean, he's got some of that Daryl Morey in him, right? I mean, a lot of GMs right. have it where they want superstars, right? Or so-called superstars. He knows he needs to get another superstar here. That's not Andrew Wiggins. So the buzz here is it's D'Angelo Russell and or Tobias Harris. I just don't know if there's a logical path to creating the space to lure one of those guys here. Well, I, w- I think that Jeff Teague is the type of player that you could probably trade. With one year left on his contract, you could probably trade him to a team, especially if a team has missed out on their on their free agents and is looking to add a quality player. Um, Jeff Teague is, uh, you know, you'd be able to move him if you absolutely had to, and you know that I would agree. free up an additional nineteen million in space, mm-hmm. and, and maybe and maybe that's their move that they'd be looking at. Um, you know, Tobias, both D'Angelo Russell and Tobias Harris have an interesting market. Um, if if D'Angelo Russell, like, let's say the Nets get their dream and they get Durant and um, and Kyrie to commit to them within the first 24 to 48 hours of free agency. Once they pull the restricted tag, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing for D'Angelo Russell because if he's totally unrestricted and you don't have to make an offer that not only is trying to, to get D'Angelo Russell but is trying to um, dissuade the Nets. I don't think he's. I don't think he'll get as much money. Like sometimes in this rare little sliver, it makes more sense to become a to be a restricted free agent who teams believe you can get, as opposed to a restricted free agent um, that teams don't think you can get. And so I know that sounds complicated. Let me be more clear. Like last year, there was a belief that Chicago Bulls would not match uh, all offers to Zach Levine. Uh, that the Timberwolves fans know very well. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the Sacramento Kings knew that, and so they offered him an $80 million contract, um, and it got matched. But if Zach was a complete unrestricted free agent and they didn't have to put the Bulls to the test, I'm not sure he gets $80 million. And two years ago, this was Otto Porter who was in this uh, boat, where the, the Nets thought that they might be able to pressure the Wizards because they already had a bunch of salary commitments, so they gave him a um, $100 million offer sheet. And I don't think Otto Porter gets $100 million if he's not. So DeAndre Russell is kind of in that boat. I don't think he is a max player. But I think he gets the max or near the max if you're trying to pull him out of Brooklyn. If Brooklyn peels off that restricted tag, I'm not sure what his market is. Because if you go out there and look at the, the point guard market, there's a lot of available point guards. Um, and only a couple of teams that need point guards that also have space. So you're looking at the Lakers, you're looking at Phoenix, you're looking at Dallas, you're looking um, at um, Chicago, maybe. Um, I don't. You, know, you may be able to get them for less than that. Now, to get them to Minnesota, just being honest, you may have to go back up there. Um, and then I think Tobias Harris is kind of in the same boat, although I think there's a little bit more demand from him. If he doesn't get a max offer from Philadelphia... His his market may be sub max, um, maybe like maybe the Knicks get interested there. Maybe the Nets if they can't get Durant, um, 
I know that Utah could have been interested, but I think Utah is going to be settled with a different power forward that I can't say right now. Otherwise, I'll get in trouble with my bosses. <laughs> but but I, I think they're kind of settled on a, on a different power forward, a lesser uh, power forward. Um, but, I mean, it's not out of the wrong possibility. It's just, as you know, Darren, it's, it's hard to get free agents to Minnesota. Oh, it's incredibly hard. Um, yes. So, so I, I, I would be, and I know that Jeff Teague is not going to the Hall of Fame, but I think he's a good player. Um, and uh, I would just be careful slicing him off unless you had something else completely 100% nailed down. What about the two L.A. teams for D'Angelo Russell, whether it's the Lakers or the Clippers? Yeah, I think the Lakers definitely have interest. Um, I don't think they want to pay him the max, though. I think, um, you know, they've now opened $32 million in space. Um, if he is no longer restricted, I honestly think that he will get an offer of less than $20 million. And then if you could get him for that, you, uh, you could uh, – and then maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, his agent is – He's with CAA. If his agents were on the phone right now, they probably would curse me for saying that. But uh, man, maybe I'm dead wrong. But I, I think he might get an offer for twenty million or less um, if he's an unrestricted free agent from the Lakers. And if they can get him for that, they'd be glad to have him. I'm not sure they're going to make him a priority level free agent where they're going to pay him the max. But I, I could be wrong. And I don't. I don't think. I think the Clippers to me are going for Kawhi or Durant. I don't think they're going to take like a, a half measure. I think they're going to swing for the fence, and if they can't, I think they, 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 they get a little bit more conservative. You brought up Creative Arts Agency. They represent Carl Anthony Towns. They represent Gerson Rosas. They represent D'Angelo Russell. How much does that matter? When looking at some of these big agents slash agencies, how much does that factor into a lot of these decisions that will be made? I mean, it matters to a certain extent. So... You know, I, I, one of the reasons why I think Al Horford is a possibility for New Orleans, even though I know some people have shot that down, I, I, I am not shooting that down. I think Al Horford is definitely a possibility for New Orleans, but um, um, is because he's got the same agent as Drew Holiday, and I think that that sometimes you can do business there. So, you know, one of the things that I'm sure you've talked about and has been reported out there. I wish I could tell you who the initial person to report it was. I can't remember. Um, that Carl Towns is going to be in on some recruiting meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, and by the way, these agencies, have you ever been to the CAA headquarters in, uh, in LA? I, I have in not, Beverly Hills. but I can only imagine it, what it's like. It's very impressive. <laughs> Let's yeah. put it that way. It's very impressive. Um, uh, let's put it this way. It's very, it's, it, just to be a valet there is in demand because <laughs> the tips that you get from the people that come in there. And like, you know, I know that you may think that it might be interesting to have Carl Towns walk in there. And be honest with you, a guy's hundred million dollar contract is paying them a lot of money. But you know, it's another thing when, like, you know, uh, George Clooney and Julia Roberts and Tom Cruise strolling. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, it's the kind of place where you could see all that happening in one day. Um, most of the free agent meetings are done at the agents' offices. They they sometimes they're done in a hotel, but a lot of times they're done in like these high end gorgeous conference rooms at uh, Wasserman's offices or CAA's offices. Um, and if Carl Towns is there, yeah, and he'll be there. But see, if he's a CAA guy, mm-hmm. it's easier to arrange those types of meetings. But, you know, here's my thing. When it comes down to deciding in free agency, does another player walking into the room 
I mean, I think it's a good sign for the organization. Like, you want Carl to be fully invested. That's a really good thing. But I'm not sure he swings it. Like, I always, you know, think of this moment in um, when the Suns were chasing LaMarcus Aldridge. And they had this grand plan that they were going to sign Tyson Chandler because Marcus Aldridge did not want to play center. That was like his thing. He, he, he wanted to be a power forward, and, and they, he felt like they were going to play him too much at center in Portland. And so they got an agreement like at midnight with uh, Tyson Chandler, a contract that ended up being an albatross. And when they walked into the, I think it was CAA's offices, I think that's who Aldridge is represented by. If it wasn't CAA, it was Wasserman. Um, Tyson walked in with Robert Sarver and Ryan McDonough and was like, here, here's our, here's the guy who's going to play next to you. And Aldridge is like, cool guy, cool dude, I'm signing with the Spurs. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just like, like, if you got Michael Jordan in his prime, exactly. and you're having him walk in there, now that's a nice thing to bring, but I just, with all due respect to Carl, I, I, I mean, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a swing situation. I, I do think that it's an indication that the, that the Wolves are being aggressive, and that's that's a good sign. And I know that the fan base would be energized if they could pull something like that out when they were not considered to be free agent players. But I don't know if this is the this is the time and place when everybody has space and there's a ton of free agents out there. I don't know if you know, when everybody is a buyer that you should be a buyer, you know, you know, Warren Buffett always said, um, you know, when people are afraid, be bold. When people are bold, be afraid. And, um, you know, I think there's something to that point of advice when it comes to NBA free agency. All right. So there's what about 200 free agents, give or take. I mean, will there be some bargains? You're right. A lot of teams have an abundance of space. What is it? 13, 14 teams, depending on, you know, some of the gymnastics. I mean, a lot of teams can have a lot of space, but, do you think there will be a good amount of bargains to be had? I mean, I see that Patrick Beverly is chasing three years, forty million. Does he ultimately get three years, forty million? Guys like Brooke Lopez, Morodich. I mean, you know, some of these middle tier, lesser tier free agents. Brian, I mean, do you think that some teams will end up getting some bargains along the way? I think it'll depend on the discipline of the team. So we have people from the Knicks saying, "No, no, if we can't get, you know." Kawhi or, or Durant, we're going to be very cautious with our money. We're just not going to go out there and sign, you know, Courtney Lee to a four-year deal or, you know, whoever they did in the past, you know, Amari Stoudemire. You've got the Bulls promising that they're going to be cautious with their money. Um, you've got the Clippers kind of hinting that they will, will be cautious with their money if they can't land, you know, or those premium free agents. If that is indeed the case and you have teams – sort of saving their money and not spending just because they have it. The price of the players will come down, and that will benefit a team like the Wolves. Do I honestly believe that they will? That those teams will actually be able to show that discipline? <laughs> History tells us that that will not be the case, that teams, when, when we get to day three or four free agency and they, they are kind of like at the bar at 2 a.m. looking to you know connect with anybody that they can. <laughs> um, I will say that, Front offices are much smarter now than they were, but I would have said the same thing to you in 2016. So um, I guess you know I, I, I can see a path because, like, especially in the point guard market, there's a lot of point guards available, a lot of them, and there are definitely, like I said, three or four teams out there that want a point guard and are willing to spend for it. You know, the Celtics obviously are one of them. 
um, and they're chasing Kemba Walker. The, the Nets are one of them, and they're chasing Kyrie. The Lakers are another. But there's more point guards out there than there are space for huge money. So Patrick Beverly is a guy, I mean, if the Suns are in love with him or if the Mavericks are in love with him and they make him a July 1st priority, he's going to get a deal. But you could have a guy like Darren Collison, who's a quality player, float out there. You could have a guy like Derrick Rose float out there. Um, you know, there are, there are guys out there who are, who are good point guards who may be available in five, four or five days um, for, for money that becomes more reasonable. I'll hit you with two more. Andrew Wiggins has four years, $120 million left on his contract. Can you foresee any scenario where there's an actual trade market for Andrew Wiggins? Yes, for another player with four years and $100 million on there. Like, wouldn't it be amazing? I don't think this is going to happen, but wouldn't it be amazing if like, they traded him back for Kevin Love? Yes, it would like, be. I'll trade, I'll, well, I'll trade my ridiculous contract for your ridiculous contract. There are Wiggins, Wiggins. fans there in Cleveland. <clears throat> That's true. Um, at least Wiggins is healthy uh, most of the time. Um, what about this one? So, what about Charlotte? Okay, so Kemba leaves. Would Charlotte, I mean, they have so many bad contracts, but could you trick Charlotte into giving you Nicholas Batum, who's got two years left? Presumably he exercises the second-year player option, but you'd be getting two less years back. Could you convince them to give you Batum for Wiggins? Well, I would. I guess I would have to answer that question by saying I don't know, because I don't want to pretend like I know what they're thinking. Um, I don't think that um, Michael Jordan looks at Andrew Wiggins and says that's my kind of player. Um, but let's put it this way: if you were going to entertain a trade for him, it would have to be a trade where you took back somebody else's problem. Mm-hmm. And you know, Wiggins was only a problem because of the contract. I mean. He could have a very fine 15-year career. But because he was the number one overall pick and because he was the guy who was traded for the franchise player, he'll probably, and because he signed that contract, he probably will never be viewed as just being a supporting player in, um, in Minnesota. So, you know, a player, you know, he's not quite the same, but Marvin Williams is a good example. You know, Marvin Williams got drafted in Atlanta, number two overall. They passed on Chris Paul to draft him. And he's ended up having a fine career. Um, And even had some really good years for the Hawks before he left. Mm -hmm. And he's been, you know, he's been, you know, a middle-of-the-road player. He's, you know, if he's your third or fourth best player, you're okay. That could be the kind of career Andrew Wiggins has. He can end up being, I mean, he puts up good numbers. He just isn't a transcendent star. And when you draft a guy number one, and when you pay him that money, you expect a transcendent star. And that's the burden that he has to carry. Now, I'm not going to feel bad for him because I'm looking at 25, 27, 29, 31, 5, 33, <laughs> 6 as his salary. But that's just, that's just the challenge. So you're to trade him, you know, you're not trading him for, you know, the reason he's a problem is because of, is because of his contract. He's, he's a contributing player. He just can't be your best player. And really, this is what I think the the Wolves have found out, unfortunately. He probably can't be your second-best player either. In fact, not probably. He can't be your second-best player, I don't think. No. And so the problem – so, so you're going to have to trade for another player, probably, that is your third or fourth-best player at best. See, I don't know if you're going to get a talent upgrade. You're only looking to get a contract upgrade. And even what you trade for him is probably going to be for a contract somebody else doesn't want. 
You're absolutely right. I mean, heck, in an ideal world, he'd be making about half of what he's making, and you'd be fine with that. Andrew Wiggins, I think you're right. I mean, I think he's he's a 15-year NBA guy. I think Marvin Williams is a good comparison. There are other comparisons. I just don't know if he'll ever quite live up to expectations. I'll leave you with this, Wendy. All right, you mentioned Derrick Rose. Tyus Jones is a restricted free agent here. Taj Gibson is unrestricted. Anthony Tolliver is unrestricted. Jared Bayless is unrestricted. How about just maybe what the market might look like for, for all those other Wolves free agents? You know, I haven't heard Taj Gibson's name out there once. And I actually think that he would be a nice addition to a, to a highly competitive team. Uh, a good guy in the locker room or something like that. Um, you know, he's got, he, you know, he's, his, uh, his tips payment is over now. So he may, he may be able to be, that's a guy you get on a value signing. Um, uh, Tolliver is another guy who I think somebody will want because he's a guy that a lot of people like in the locker room and um, has experience. I think both of those guys, I think competitive teams will try to do value signings on them. Um, I think it's hard to come back to the same team for less money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's happened. I mean, you could point out examples throughout league history where it's happened, but it's hard. Sometimes players recognize that, okay, I'm not going to get the same salary anymore. I've got to drop down, but usually they do it elsewhere. So it's kind of hard to see that. Um, you know, uh, Tyus Jones, I, I think he's a, he's a quality backup. Um, you know, his qualifying offer is $3.5 million. Wouldn't surprise me if that's just ends up what ends up happening. He takes that qualifying offer. Because um, that's not a bad number for him. And then he would be unrestricted next year. And if he indeed would remain as a guy who'd get minutes, you don't really 100% know. Uh, I think he kind of wants to see what they do at the position. Um you know, I, that's what I would want to do if I were him. You don't think there's an offer sheet out there for him? Like if Phoenix swings and misses on some guys? I just, I mean, the the, the free agent point guards, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lengthy list. A it's list. Ricky Rubio, who fans here still adore. Uh, I think it's uh, Darren uh, Collison. Is, I think Ricky Rubio is headed to. Uh, to an Indiana uh, address, I think that's probably pretty much. Yeah, done. but I mean, it's Collison. Um, it's I mean, it's you're right. It's a thick list. There are all sorts of yeah, point so, guards available. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Terry Rozier, Alfred Payton, Patrick Beverly, mm-hmm. Collison, Rondo, uh, Ish Smith, Moutier, T.J. McConnell, Corey Joseph, uh, Delon Wright. I mean, you know, these are all names, you know, that are in the ballpark of where Tyus would be. Um, uh, even Jared Bayless, you know, Shabazz Napier, who actually had a pretty decent year, uh, last year, uh, Shelvin Mack, um, you know, these are all names that are out there that he would have to sort of compete with. Um, I think if he wanted to go somewhere else, he may, and, and the, uh, the Wolves didn't want to, weren't crazy about keeping him. I think that's a situation where you would go ask the Wolves to pull the offer sheet. And, you know, you'd have to see what, what they would say. I, and I, I think he probably ranks outside the top 12 or 14 available, available guards. He's got a relatively powerful agent, a relatively influential agent, Jim Tanner. So he may be able to get that done. But, you know, I know that. Obviously, the fans there are very interested in him because he's a local guy. Um, he's going to have a career. He's going to. He. I thought he had a good year last year, so he's going to end up somewhere. But I, I really could see him just coming back for that three point five 
it's not the worst thing in the world for him to be a backup again. Wendy, you're always so generous with your time. Thank you so much. Thank you, and enjoy your weekend. That was ESPN's Brian Windhorst. By the way, Tyus Jones represented by Kevin Bradbury. He used to be represented by Lakers GM Rob Palenka when Rob was an agent, but now with Rob being GM of the Lakers, he had to relinquish all his clients, so Tyus had to change agents, and he ended up going with Kevin Bradbury, who works for Bill Duffy, the former gopher. Bill Duffy, Bill Duffy and Associates, BDA Sports. So Tyus not with... Jim Tanner, but it will be interesting to see what the Tyus market is. It'll also be interesting to see what the Derrick Rose market is. BJ Armstrong, a recognizable name, represents Rose. BJ will join us next here on the Scoop Podcast. Because you'll get a scoop with Darren Dookie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. Find the scoop on demand on scorenorth.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Scoop Podcast episode 240 on the 28th of June, Friday night here on Score North, scorenorth.com, 1500 a.m. on your conventional radio dial. Yes, the Wolves would love to find a path to acquire D'Angelo Russell and or Tobias Harris. I continue to hear that just about everyone is on the table, not named Carl Anthony Towns. I will admit I did not foresee Gerson Rosas being this aggressive this early. I thought he would sit back and evaluate for a bit, but he has come to some firm conclusions already, and he is incredibly open for business. A reminder, Rosas, along with some other Wolves folks, will be in Los Angeles this weekend for the start of free agency. It should be fun, even though right now the Wolves are an over-the-cap team. All right, let's continue the free agent dialogue. B.J. Armstrong, great player in the Big Ten at Iowa, former longtime NBA player, in fact, one-time teammate of Michael Jordan in Chicago. He's now a prominent agent for Wasserman Media. He represents Derrick Rose. He represents many other guys. Let's bring into the conversation. He's nice enough to join us again here on the Scoop Podcast. It is B.J. Armstrong. B.J., let's rewind to Monday night, the NBA award show. Your guy, your client, Derrick Rose wins NBA moment of the year. His emotional post-game speech interview after... It was Halloween night, wasn't it? I think it was Halloween night. The 50-point performance against Utah. He willed the Wolves to a victory over the Jazz. What do you remember about that game and then how cool was it on Monday for Derek to win NBA moment of the year? Well, the thing I remember most uh, about that night, Darren, was the fact that, you know, of watching this young man behind the scenes, his work and his commitment, uh, and his commitment to his craft, and just trying to be the best player that he can be and, and what this game means to him. And, you know, it, it, it's been a long road, right? And, uh, you know, the things um, has been well documented about, you know, where he's come and, you know, the injuries, so forth and so on. But I re- just remember most of saying, you know what, this kid is a fighter, um, you know, he embodies everything that you about, you know what, you, you never give up and you just continue to fight. You can continue to keep it moving and uh, just really happy for him that he had an opportunity to achieve something like that uh, and knowing where he's come from and, and, the, and the difficulty of his journey thus far. You mentioned long road, but he's still only 30 years old, as you well know, BJ. So where does this road continue to go? I guess layout, whether it's this summer, him being a free agent, you know, just what does Derek have left from a basketball standpoint? 
Well, he, he has a lot left. And, uh, you know, and injuries are a part of the game. And you saw that this year in, in the NBA Finals. You know, injuries are a part of it. Um, you know, you saw that with Kevin Durant. You saw that with Klay Thompson. And um, he has a lot of basketball. He still loves the play. still loves the game. And, and uh, the thing with, with a player of his, of his magnitude is that, you know what, he – you know, he, he's so talented and so gifted physically. It's just knowing, you know, how to play and manage the physical gifts that he has, you know, as an explosive point guard who can, um, you know, the physical player in the sense that he, 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 he takes on all of the contact and physical, you know, abuse that the game delivers. So, you know, you just have to continue to play and uh, you knock on wood and you just, you know what, you, you adjust your game as you go along. And to watch how his game has matured, from when he first came in the league, it's been a beautiful game, and he's still very effective. So uh, as long as he can continue to play, I know he's going to do that, and uh, he still enjoys love playing and competing on a night-to-night basis in the NBA, and um, you know we'll just keep going. I know there's a lot of Wolves fans, BJ, that listen to this that are hoping that he continues to play right here in Minnesota. How much genuine interest is there from Minnesota in retaining Derek, and how much interest is there from Derek in returning here to Minnesota? Well, Minnesota has been a great fit for him, and uh, you, you know, as you, you play in the league, you just never know, you know, what cities or what place you, you kind of fall in love with. And Minnesota has been fabulous. It's really been a, a second home, in a, in, in a way. Um, he's enjoyed it up there. I, I've always, you know, growing up in the Midwest, Minnesota's always been one of my favorite cities when I, you know, played in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, over there at Iowa, and uh, I mean, the city has been great. The the organization has been terrific uh, with him, and uh, so I think there is interest. But you never know in free agency. There's so much going on with in the in free agency this year. But uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed that something can be worked out. And now with Gerson there, and and and, and uh, you know, new general manager that you guys have there, we're we're keeping our fingers crossed that something can be worked out. Take us through what this weekend will look like from your standpoint. Will you and Derek gather on Sunday? I mean, I guess just take us through. Free agency officially begins Sunday, 3 o'clock Pacific, 5 o'clock Central. Take us through what Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening will look like for you. Well, I, I tell you what it's going to look like. It's going to look like total chaos. I don't think if you, <laughs> if you read all of the speculation, what's, what you're hearing, no one seems to know anything, right? We don't know. The top guys are going, we don't know anything. Uh, the executives don't know. The teams don't know. Uh, so the, the media doesn't know. And certainly us agents, we're all trying to find out uh, what's best and try to get as much information we can. But, you know, this has been a very unusual process thus far. And, um, and I'm sure there are going to be some surprises in here, what happens every year. But it just seems more magnified this year as we head into free agency with so many big names being available. And um, so we'll see what happens. I think we just have to be prepared for it. You, you talk to the teams, and, and then once the dominoes fall with the, the, the big guys up top, I think you'll start to see more and more people uh, signing and getting commitments. But, Darren, right now I can't recall in all my years uh, something that I, I've seen anything like this where no one seems to know anything because of – all of the flexibility and, and, and places that these free agents can go. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. I mean, I suppose the comp would be a few years ago when the cap just spiked up 
and everybody had a ton of money, and guys like Lou Aldang, others, just got ridiculous contracts. But when you look at, what is it, about 200 players right now are free agents. About half the league has really good cap space. I mean, you can make a case also, BJ, not only is it 200 players, but it's some of the best of the best, right? This might be, in totality, the best free agent class ever. So that's why, as an NBA aficionado, what you do for a living, I mean, that's why this weekend is just, and heading into next week, is just so fascinating. Well, it is fascinating in in the sense of two things. One, as you pointed out, there's... You know, half of the league is going to be in free agency this year, right? I, I, I think this has got to be, you know, I think I, I heard that, or it has to be the, the largest free agency in NBA history, right? I can't recall what be. half of the league Yeah, it has yeah, to be. Yeah, half the league. And then the second thing is you have players that can affect the bottom line as far as winning and losing, right? You know, you have Kevin Durant, you have Clay Thompson, you have Kawhi Leonard, and, uh, you know, there's already been a shift in trade with uh, Anthony Davis. So you have players really that can shift uh, the power, you will, from one conference to another, depending on the decision that will be made. So um, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, I think you're going to see, you know, whether you see a Kimball Walker uh, move or, you know, or, you know, you, you see all of these players, you know, that, that have the capability, you know, the Al Horfords, the Kimballs, D'Angelo Russells. I mean, the, it seems like the names are endless of really quality players that really can make a contribution to, to winning and losing. So it's it's going to be very interesting starting on Sunday. Will you be at the Wasserman offices? Will you be at some other location? I mean, I guess just paint the picture of specifically where you will be on Sunday. Well, I'll be at the Wasserman headquarters <laughs> like like everyone here. and uh, But honestly, I'll just be sitting glued to my phone trying to sort this through and sort out the information so that you can understand, you know, what moves need to be made. So uh, a lot of this because um, will be determined by the guys at top. And, you know, there will be a domino effect if Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant, you know, they don't make a move, I don't think you'll see much activity. But once those guys do make their decision, I think you will have a domino effect and then you'll just see – you know, it'll be uh, it'll be a media you know frenzy of reporting who's going where. So uh, it should be fun in this regard if you're an NBA uh, fan. But for many of the players, I think it's going to be very stressful, and uh, hopefully uh, things will work out. We're talking with BJ Armstrong. BJ, do you foresee a lot of free agents signing just one year deals, looking to re-enter free agency? A year from now, also on the flip side, do you foresee a lot of teams just looking to sign guys to one, maybe two-year deals, but that three- and four-year deals will be really hard to come by unless you are Kawhi Leonard, Kemba Walker, you know, the all-NBA guys? Well, I, I think you, you you hit it right on the head. I think that is kind of the feel that I'm getting as I'm beginning to comb through this and talking with the teams that many of the teams will be looking to exercise shorter-term deals. Um, um, for most of the guys, but for you know the the, the star players, if uh, um, or the the bigger names will probably get the the four. Some may get the five year extension. So, um, but I think that will be the case. But we'll you never know. You'll, we'll see. Maybe there'll be a new trend. But for the most part, I see most of the teams going shorter term deals as they move forward and building out their rosters. 
um, in the fashion now that you know that the teams want to want to maneuver here um, in the future. Do you foresee a pretty healthy market for Derek, whether it's back here in Minnesota or maybe some other team yeah. that makes him a decent offer? Yes, he has. Uh, I see a lot of um, I see a lot of interest for him and what he's been able to do. And um, you know, the interesting thing, you know, he's been a starter, you know, for the majority of his career. He's found a kind of a, a little niche uh, coming off the coming off the bench, and I think he kind of he kind of enjoys that. He gets a chance to see the game and and try to be very productive. You know, Lou Williams has really made an art of being you know, a player who's very efficient uh, in his role and what he does. And, uh, you know, Derek has kind of settled in. So, but he does, he definitely has a huge interest. Um, and I expect for him to, you know, what he always does. He wants to be in the best situation for him. He wants to be with people he's comfortable with. And uh, winning is uh, very, very important for him. So um, he'll be fine coming into this. And we'll just have to kind of settle in to find the best home for him the best fit for him and uh you know his talent I mean, you know that's the last thing we're worried about is we'll figure that part out but it's just really finding a very comfortable place for him that that fits what he does and brings to the court what other free agents do you have is it emmanuel moutier is it anybody else yes uh well that's the name emmanuel moutier he was just uh the um he wasn't he wasn't given the qualifying offer from the knicks so he'll be an unrestricted free agent you know great uh, really had an outstanding year, kind of a breakout year for him. Um, you know, a young kid who's going to have terrific size and and uh, really kind of settled in. And I, you know, a young kid who will be a, a really good player for many years to come. And then Javale McGee, who plays there with LA, and you know, he had a really good year as well with the Lakers last year. So um, those will be the three guys that we'll, you know we'll be focusing in on as far as. Uh, you know, one of many creations that we have in our Washington group. But um, so uh, all three of those guys have had, you know, really good interests. And uh, we're just looking to, you know, find great places for them that's going to fit and fit their, you know, what they do and what they bring to the system. I'll let you go after this. So do you have, like, multiple cell phones? Like, how do you balance all that as you're trying? Because things move. You know this, BJ. Things move <laughs> so fast. So as you're trying to navigate the waters of Derrick Rose – some other team might be calling about Javel McGee. Like, how do you balance all that? Everything happening so fast at one time. Well, it, you know, most of the teams will will come prepared with situations. If this guy goes here, this will happen, and you kind of know how the dominoes will fall, and and being prepared. So, um, you know, there there's so many ways to communicate, whether it's email, text, <laughs> Skype, phone. So, but we'll have multiple ways to communicate. I'll tell you what, it's amazing how when you really need to get through to someone, you'll get through. So <laughs> I have no, I have no doubt about that, that, you know, I'll be available. We'll all be running around uh, crazy on that day. And uh, in the end, it's like life. It always figures itself out. So we'll, we'll be ready to go. And, um, you know, as we comb through it today and tomorrow and, we all make our speculations, and then on Sunday, you know what? Somehow, some way, you know, these players will all get signed, and we'll move on. Remind the listeners, BJ, the podcast that you do, and what about this idea? What about doing a live podcast as you're navigating all these calls on Sunday? Well, yeah, I don't know. You know, sometimes you have to use choice words when you're doing all this negotiating, <laughs> right? So I don't know if it would be if it would be good or okay for our younger listeners. But I think that would be interesting. And, uh, 
you know, it would be, you know, uh, it would be interesting because you would you would hear some things. You go, oh wow, that's what that's what negotiating is really all about. It would, it would be, I tell you what, it would be exciting to hear uh, what goes on behind the scenes. Um, but it would be it would be, be hectic, you know. It just you know, you know, as my wife says, you're just a madman during this time of the year. You don't sleep. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to, you know, hoping that, you know, things fall your way. And, and you know, sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. But you know what? You just have to keep, you know, you know, going through it. And, um, but it would be, it would be kind of exciting to watch yourself because uh, I'm telling you what, a lot of times, you know, things happen, especially, you know, it's kind of like in the, in the, in the, uh, in the draft, you know, Sometime a player comes out of nowhere and you're like, well, I didn't see that one coming, and it throws everyone for a loop. So mm-hmm. um, it can get very stressful during that time of the year. Stay sane and enjoy this weekend, BJ. I appreciate your time. And, uh, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. That was former Big Ten star at Iowa, had many legendary battles against the Gophers. BJ Armstrong, longtime NBA player, played in Chicago with Michael Jordan. He is now a prominent agent. He represents, as he laid out, Derek Rose, JaVale McGee, and Emmanuel Moutier. And he works for Wasserman. They represent J.J. Redick. They represent all sorts of free agents. One of the real power brokers in the NBA, Wasserman Media. I appreciate BJ painting somewhat of a picture of what will take place starting Sunday night in his office at Wasserman Media in Los Angeles. Oh, by the way, where Gerson Rosas will be. It'll be a fascinating stretch to see what the Wolves end up doing. It'll also be fascinating to see what the Wild end up doing. We catch up with GM Paul Fenton next. You're listening to The Scoop with Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News. Find The Scoop on demand on scorenorth.com. It's final segment time here on the Scoop Podcast, episode 240, quickly on the Twins. It sounds like the bigger focus right now is adding a reliever, maybe even two. So I know there's been all sorts of Madison Bumgarner chatter, Marcus Stroman chatter. I think the Twins are open-minded to adding a starter, but the main focus is adding at least one, if not multiple, bullpen arms before the July 31st trade deadline. The Wild are trying to add talent. They have around $18 million in cap space. They have inquired on Anders Lee. They've inquired on Joe Pavelski, hoping to get Pavelski here to Minnesota for a visit. He is an agent, by the way, that is based here in the Twin Cities. And Pavelski has a good relationship with, among many with the Wild, including Ryan Suter. But it sounds like Tampa is the team to beat on Pavelski. Word is Pavelski is atop the Wild's wish list. Guys like Wayne Simmons, others slot in behind Pavelski Lee. But number one on the Wild's free agent wish list would be acquiring Joe Pavelski, but there's work to be done there. But the Wild certainly are trying to do some things. I continue to hear that they haven't given up all hope. It's a long shot, but they haven't given up all hope on acquiring Phil Kessel from the Penguins. I caught up with GM Paul Fenton the other day at Prospects Camp. Tonight at the Tria Rink, there's a scrimmage, so if you're in a hockey mood right now, head to downtown St. Paul for the Prospect Scrimmage. So I began my conversation with Paul asking about some of the prospects. First round pick, Matt Boldy, the goalie they moved up for, Hunter Jones, and others. We then eventually segued into some trade talk, free agency talk, plus some Jason Zucker talk. Here is my conversation with GM Paul Fenton of the Wild. What has been accomplished so far now that we're, what, a couple days in? 
Well, it's acclimating these kids to our environment, showing them our culture, letting them feel comfortable in, in our environment. And that's the biggest thing because when they do come back here and they're going to be permanent players here in Minnesota, for, for some of them, um, it's the most important thing is to get these kids comfortable so they can play and, and produce the way that we expect them to. Do guys pop? I mean, do you see, like, you just you see Boldy. Like, I'm looking at some of the, the stick handling. We saw some of the video yesterday with the stick handling, and Chris was over there yesterday. I mean, does it just pop out to you as you're sitting there and watching? Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you watch these kids. You can see the skill level that they have. It, it's really coming to another level. You've got some kids that have the size out there and the way that they move, their balance. Uh, it was impressive watching them skate today and, you know, use their edges. I mean, these, this new era of kids is just phenomenal. I mean, a couple guys in particular, though. I mean, Boldy... Sturm, I mean, those guys may be above some of the others? Yeah, I would think so at this point, just because of, one, the maturity of Sturm especially. But Boldy being as highly touted as he was is really one of the ones that you focus on. I'm Boldy. Safe to say that you had him somewhere in that 7, 8, 9 range on your board, that you were happy when he fell to 12? Yeah, you could say he was, he was in any range that you wanted, but he was, he was very high up on our list. What makes him so good? Uh, you just look at him, the way that he feels the game. He's got power. He can go through you. He's got that stick handling ability. He's got a release. He, he's uh, a guy that may be a power forward that really takes you to another level. He's exciting to watch. He, he, he just thinks the game really well. You get a kick out of all the, all the fans, all the armchair quarterbacks, per se, that, that wanted that goal score, the 5'7 kid, is a call field. Do you get a kick out of that? I didn't really read it, but if you're telling me that, um, you, you know what? He, he's a terrific player, and we certainly had to have debates on whom you would be taking. That's what the preparation of the draft goes to, and you, you give your scouts all the accomplishments. They're the ones that put it into an order and tell us why this player is going to be the best one for us. Tell us about the goalies. I mean, I guess Jones in particular, but even looking at all the goalies out there, 6'1", 6'3", 6'5", 6'6". The goalies are huge. You know, it seems to be a trend from years ago, but we take goalies that are goalies. It's not necessarily just the size of them, but these kids are athletic. You watch them, the way that they move. Um, I, in particular, you know, I, I saw a few of them play this year, and uh, like Hunter, I went and saw him play, and the way he catches pucks, the way he feels the game, moves it, anticipates, it was it was impressive. And for me, I, I love looking at goalies. Some guys say they don't like looking at goalies. I really like looking at goalies. It, it just gives you a different perspective on things, and he was terrific. Because of your firsthand knowledge on Hunter, I mean, as you're sitting there at the draft table, easy decision to be aggressive and move up and get him? Uh, well, you got to trust your people more than anything. Just because I saw him once, it didn't mean that that uh, he's great. It, it means that I had a good feeling for him and that I saw some talent. But you know, the guys that are on the line are the ones that were out there all year long, uh, beating the pavement. And I give them all the credit. As you look at your your pool of prospects, how much deeper is that pool of prospects after after the weekend? Uh, much deeper, and that's the best thing. You know, we we haven't had a a complete draft here and hadn't picked in the top three rounds collectively since 2012. And to me, it's it's hard to build a, a depth pool uh, without having those draft picks. So this this year was very important to be able to to take a swing and to, and to put some people uh, in the cupboard here. How much did things slow down this draft weekend for you compared to last year? I mean, was it just eyes wide open? I mean, your first year in the big boy chair last year and now 15 months later things slow down a bit well last year was a whirlwind uh, coming in on may 21st and never leaving um you know my wife went and uh actually went back and 
moved us out of Nashville. I never returned to Nashville after I left. So uh, the first time that I stepped in there was when we landed and went to the game and, and hadn't been there. So it was a, uh, it was a quick transition. And, uh, you know, it, it was hard running the draft last year and trying to see it. But this year, ha- having that much more preparation and our guys were really organized, it was good to see. Drafting everything, I mean, is there a lot you know now about being GM of the Wild that you didn't know maybe 15 months ago? Definitely, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of internal things. And when you look underneath the, the hood of, of the car, you, sometimes you see it a little bit differently. And, yes, that's what I've been able to look at. How is uh, Matt Dumba doing? He's doing well. Uh, I think he's supposed to be here in the near future to, to get checked. But he's on schedule to come back and, and be himself. And then what about Miko? Uh, Miko, I talked to. Uh, he's making great progress. He's skating. I'll continue to touch base with him here soon. But the idea is, I mean, come training camp, you know, come September, those guys should be okay. We're we're hoping that they're both okay. I am projecting, yes, Matt Dumba will be playing, and I'm projecting that that Miko will be playing. This is one heck of a lengthy free agent courting period. You know, I guess maybe just the way the the draft date, you know, shook out with you know not it being June 24th or 25th, but you know, a few days prior. How is the courting period going so far for you? Uh, it, it's long. It is long and it's tedious, but. I guess it's part of the process. It is. Uh, it is like trying to get married here, and so you you mentioned courting. That's exactly what we're doing right now. Is the narrative that you need a righty shot forward? Is that overstated a bit? That there are lefty shot guys out there that can play either side. Yeah, it, it, it is. But at the same time, we would prefer to at some point get get some right-handed players here. I mean, it gives you a different dimension. It doesn't mean that the guys. That, that we are looking at that our left shot forwards can't do it from the right side. But I'd, I'd like to look at some right shot forwards. Uh, it, but it, it isn't going to be the deciding vote. And you do have flexibility. I mean, you know, there's also this narrative out there with Donato and Greenway. You go up and down that you've got all this money, but maybe not necessarily roster spot. But you can get guys to Iowa if you need to, right? That maybe that narrative is being overstated, that you can add maybe multiple free agents if you can get these guys? Yeah, I wasn't aware of the narrative. Um, to be honest, you know you're gonna you're gonna have moves. It's it, it's early here. We haven't got to October yet, but for me, it's it's looking at what the best fit is to improve us. Do you feel like that what you can sell to free agents, that even coming off the down year, that big picture, that you can sell a lot to these free agents, that this is a good place to be? It's a great place to play. I mean, this is this is a hockey market. Players love to play in hockey markets, and if you have the fit for them, players are gonna come. As you look at from mid-December on, you guys were last in the NHL in goals scored. Why do you think that was? Uh, well, I think a lot has to do with the back backside of our production. You look at Matt Dumba. As soon as he went out, you know we kind of dipped and never really accelerated. When you lose a leader like you do with Miko, and Miko solidified um, the whole 200-foot end of the rink. So those two guys were key. I would say problems for us. Now you put them back into our lineup and you, you have a couple changes. You let these new guys come in and, and maybe have insulation from them. I think you're going to see us uh, be a better scoring team. I talk about the free agent courting period, but is it safe to say that trade talk is still pretty active even coming off draft weekend? Yeah, everybody talks trade every single day of the year. I mean, that's the the misconception is everybody thinks that, oh, you're you're going to sleep now. Um, there is no sleeping in our business. It's uh, continuing trying to improve your roster so that we can try to win a Stanley Cup. Is it also a misconception that trades are easy to make? Like you might have so many talks with these GMs, and oftentimes just talk doesn't lead to action. 
Um, yeah, fantasy is one thing, and having reality is the other thing. It, it is difficult to make trades sometimes. But if you have two willing parties, you can try to make something happen. I mean, do you still feel like maybe in the coming weeks that there is a trade opportunity there for, for you to strike? You know, I'll just continue to make our calls and see if there is a fit for the both of us. It doesn't mean that it's in the next couple of weeks. It can mean in the next couple months. I mean, that's how I look at it. Every day is different. Are you fatigued yet by all the Jason Zucker talk? Um, uh, you know what? That's again. It's it's one of those situations where you're talking. I've talked to the player. We're going to mend our bridges here, and he's going to come back and be a great player for us. Yeah, I mean, is there a sense that Jason can be the goal scorer that we saw two years ago? Uh, sense or reality? He can be a reality, is what it is. He's already scored in the thirty three goal range and uh, he's over 20 goals so for me he's going to be somewhere in between there I'm hoping that he's he's going into the high 20s and if he hits 30 again then certainly he's done what he's projected to do I mean you gave him five years 27 and a half right like there's a reason why you gave him that contract he earned that contract he has it in him absolutely and it's, it's up to us to get him back to to being as productive as he was Wild GM Paul Fenton, as fascinating as the Wolves are because they're an over-the-cap team, so they're meeting with all these free agents or trying to get meetings with these free agents in L.A. this weekend. One could argue the Wild are equally, if not more fascinating, more interesting than the Wolves on the free agent front slash trade front just because they have so much salary cap space. It should be a fun few days, NBA and NHL free agency. Always appreciate you listening, especially when we broadcast here on Score North and scorenorth.com. This does it for Scoop Podcast Episode 240. Have a great weekend, everyone. Because the- Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.